0: Everyone, welcome back. It's Richard here. I'm with Steve and Angela. Hello, and hi there. We are carrying on in Luke. um If you are picking up the podcast this week but didn't listen to last week, I'm just going to say we did give a little bit of a um orientation, like how to fit this podcast mm-hmm. together with yeah. And we and we asked the the question of like, what's it like to have God speak to you in scriptures? So we are, we did some good teeing things up. <laughs> so actually would be really cool to make sure you listen even if it's just the first half of last mm. week's podcast the first bit because we are going to dive in to the second half of chapter nine of luke that's what we're reading uh this week uh, this is interesting as well because i'm actually teaching on sunday mm-hmm. um out of this as well so i'm really looking forward to this conversation this is like gonna get the juices flowing because wow. i because i got to say like in a way us sitting around the table doing the podcast is a little bit like community, mm-hmm. right? God, yeah, God speaks in the oh, midst of the sure. conversation. I yes. walk away with stuff to think about, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting God to yeah. reveal some things and be like, oh, cool, I can talk about that yeah. someday. That's like, that's a thing oh, I think wow. God wants us to say. So no pressure on you two. <laughs> Okay, no pressure. Um, yeah. So uh, should we do um, a little recap, like some of, the, some of the big pieces from last week, mm-hmm. which uh, join up with then what we're going to read? Um, and, and simplicity is one of our themes mm-hmm. at the moment mm-hmm. that we really feel like Jesus wants to push into. But it's not the only thing going on in these passages. Right. Uh, but we are going to talk about simplicity a little bit again. And we really focused on our like attachment to possessions mm-hmm. last time. So that things. Was,
1: yeah. As he was asking things, things. Whether
2: it's your cloak and mm-hmm. all this to yeah. take when he sends the disciples. Yeah. Like where's uh, our security? Or, where's yeah. our
0: faith? Yeah. Yeah. And, and where's our security? Where's our faith? What do we feel like mm-hmm. means that we can do things? And those questions were maybe not the simplicity ones, but they were some of the big themes coming out of like the feeding of the 5,000 yeah. and the sending of the disciples out and things like that.
1: And there's we also talked about like what do we value versus what does God value? Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the individual value of hearts versus possessions um, and just the way that God incrementally teaches us um, about um, what treasure means mm-hmm. um, to help us in how we might simplify.
0: Mm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And the the bit of uh, the text we had last week kind of crescendoed into this, that we're supposed to, like, the most fulfilled, the most beautiful life is actually one that gives itself away. Yeah. We're supposed to take up our cross daily uh, and, and follow Jesus. So... Um, the uh, The theological word is cruciformity. Oh boy! Like life is supposed to be cruciform. It's supposed to be cross-shaped. Mm. Yeah, that like that's the mark. I'm write of, that of a good life is is <laughs> cruciformity. So.
1: Yeah. And is it that a cross that we're manufacturing or is it
0: the one that Jesus is carrying? Yes. Right. Yeah. And it clearly, because like, buying, buying a shirt is with is cruciformity crossed. on it, like yeah. that's yeah. that's not what we're talking about mm-hmm. here. We're actually yeah. talking about a significant. It, it made me think as well, like uh, Mother Teresa. Mm. She lived a life of radical cruciformity. Mm-hmm. You know, she made her life radically about others and and suffered and gave up everything. And it's really interesting. Even outside of Christianity, people can see a beauty and want to elevate that that life. But would you want to live it?
1: Yeah, there. You know it is. that there that's
0: the that's the actual question mm-hmm. because Jesus is speaking to us not just about what we value, but saying and that value is actually for you. It's for all of us because it's the Father's heart. So so big challenges in that last chapter. And as much as it crescendoed to like a really important teaching moment there from Jesus, we pick up in verse 28 this week, uh, or at another sort of epic moment, um, as Jesus is on a mountain with not all, uh, well, with this like inner circle of disciples, and the Father kind of sort of cut, swings by as a voice out of a cloud jesus turns white and illuminates kind of like the picture of uh, of jesus in revelation mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just this kind of divine glory shining forth i think it relates to like philippians 2 says that jesus emptied, emptied himself, himself. Mm-hmm. to be fully human to live a fully human life mm-hmm. and it's almost like the curtains getting drawn back a bit on like here's some of the stuff jesus mm. actually emptied himself out of kind of pouring back in a bit as Jesus is actually physically close to the Father on a mountaintop, you know. Um so this is a pretty profound uh moment and and Jesus is there with um with Peter uh and John, right? Yep. Yeah, and Peter James. and John. Oh, and James as well. Yep. My eyesight's not so good. I'm looking down and like, hey, uh, <laughs> am I making this up? <laughs> not do it from memory. No. Let's actually read what's in there. Yeah, that's right.
1: Read the and, and it's
0: called it's called the Transfiguration. So mm. that would be like the little subheading, um, which is, a, I would love to look up where that word comes from. Yeah. Actually, it would be Latin in some sense, but. I'm not going to go get my Latin dictionary okay. down and look it up. But it's, Good, thank so you for that. That's for all that is, you. That like, I mean, that's it is a weird all word, you right? To go and do some research and come back You say to and a non-Christian, to like us. Jesus was transfigured. They'd be like, "That's nice. Like, yes. what's that? Yeah. Like, is that some food cart? Mm-hmm. Like, is that mm-hmm. like, what's that? <laughs> <Food
2: cards>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that's so that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, but the uh, I think an interesting thing is in the last bit we read, Jesus went with his disciples and was spending time in prayer. And again, this scene opens with Jesus uh, going apart with Peter, James and John uh, to pray again. So just noting the regularity Mm -hmm. of prayer and that significant things seem to happen Happen. in and around Jesus's times of prayer, Mm -hmm. um, which is yeah, very interesting. Uh, I mean, do you guys experience that? Like sometimes you'll pray and then like someone will call and it'll be a, a Jesus moment or, yeah, it just the connection between our, our time of prayer and sometimes the Father being like, okay, I've got you in the spot. Um, I'm actually going to bring this thing in front of you right now.
1: Yeah, that happens to me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I had that happen to me yesterday. I had this weird thing. it's It was so weird, but I was walking the dogs and um I was just like, I didn't have any more dog waste bags and I felt so bad because I knew my dog had, had done his business. And I, and I was just like, I got to pray for like a way to pick this up. I feel so bad. Right. And so I'm just like, Lord, if I'm supposed to pick up this, like provide a way. And I turned and there was a bag on the ground. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And it was like from the windstorm, whatever. It was a yeah. clear bag. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this is real and tangible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was just a kind of this crazy thing that yeah. happened. And, um, go to God for what you need at any time, mm. even if it's a dog waste bag. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. he means for you to deal with it, he'll figure yeah. out a way. So that's anyway, you didn't know you were getting <laughs> that tangible thing today on this podcast. I'm not sure, sure
0: that's what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> but there it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me ask you guys this, right? So he's praying his, his appearance is altered. He's like dazzling white. And then, because actually, I said the father, but there's a bit in between, right? Yeah, we've got then a couple of guys. Moses yeah. and Elijah appear talking yeah. to him. Yeah. So there's a little bit here of just understanding the world in which we live. It's kind of interesting that there are some characters in scripture that, like, they die. And I mean, a, a really clear you know, verse, like would be Jesus saying to the thief on the cross, like today you'll be with me in paradise, yeah. or Paul saying to be absent from our body is it's to, be, to present be present with the Lord. So there is a a persistence of our person, you know, between mm. the final resurrection, mm-hmm. and but actually um, some of these people's mission is not over. Moses and mm. Elijah have got some stuff to maybe encourage or strengthen or speak or or just be interact with Jesus about oh. as as Jesus is uh and it's it's interesting because this appears at a point in Luke where Jesus is just starting to be like, okay, you my disciples, you know who I am. We're still gonna like proclaim and heal and do stuff. But the first part of the story is maybe in the foreground has been who's Jesus? And now the second half in the foreground is like, I'm gonna die. Yeah, what's he going to do? So at that turning point, I just wonder mm. if like that is strengthening. So it's just it's just super interesting, you know, because I think people have a picture of like, yeah, you die, you go to heaven, God gives you a harp, you sit on a cloud, everything's rosy, you're oh just yeah. happy and you play your harp. It's like yeah. well, clearly it's more interesting than that, yeah. and there's a whole interesting theological conversation to have yeah. there. Yeah, it's but incredible. This reveals a little insight, a into glimpse. That.
2: Well, yes. it, it's it's always a great question. Yeah, so why Moses and Elijah? Like, like what's their job, right? Here? Yeah. So That's, why
0: those two, right? Yeah. So Moses really well known. He's the law, the, law. the law. lawgiver, yeah. the one through whom give, God gives the law. Yeah. Which actually I was thinking about yesterday is a kind of. Um, in God working to redeem humankind, in the garden, you had the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And uh, God was like, actually, like defining, allocating good and evil. Mm-hmm. Like understanding how to relate to good and evil is actually, I, I'm in charge of that. That's my tree. Mm-hmm. And Adam and Eve took of it and were like, mm. oh, I, think, I think we can do it. yeah. And actually the giving of the law is God stepping back into, here's a way that you can start to change your relationship to that tree Mm -hmm. you can start to trust me again so it's almost like a a putting back of the possibility of relating differently to that issue and not not for the first time god's you know his little interactions with cain and abel with noah with different people there's been that content of questions of good and evil and what should i do but this is a landmark like concrete stake in yeah. the ground in the history of humanity moment of God doing that work. So Moses represents such a, a significant step in God trying to like renew things to the, the way the garden is supposed to be. You
1: know, the right. restoration. yeah, The yeah, yeah. formation, reformation mm-hmm. and also the um, the Set, setting his people apart for holiness, mm-hmm. um, giving them a new way to live. Yeah, that's turning. That's a repentant way, turning yeah. to him. Preser- it's a way of preserving his people as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of these commandments are for preservation, for their own good, their health. Yeah, their security, yeah. their safety.
0: Um, and it makes me think of like uh, Ezekiel 36. Mm-hmm. So there's a landmark. Moses is the putting of that possibility tangibly in front of the world. Mm-hmm. But Ezekiel says like, uh, the problem is that the disruption of good and evil and how to relate to it re- relate to it is actually deep in the heart and you need a new heart. Yeah mm-hmm. And so there's, it's like Moses is incomplete. It's like, oh, that's good. But it's not the whole solution.
1: Not the whole thing. And then
0: Jesus is going to come along and say, like, you can actually be born again. I'm going to give you a clean heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the Spirit's going to come and do that work. And so Jesus is going to be the fulfillment of this really significant thing that happens with Moses.
1: So it first starts with steps, active action steps through the commandments. Then Jesus comes in with the heart change. Oh wow! I'm thinking of Luke nine, where it first starts with him telling his disciples, "Go do these things, take these steps," yeah, and then they experience heart change when he asks them, yeah. "Who am I?" Yeah, in their heart, Peter knows he's yeah. he's Lord. So it's like action steps then heart change. Yeah, but you don't earn your salvation through action steps, do you, Richard?
0: No. No. You can try. I mean, I I think of uh, you know like all our righteousnesses yeah. are but filthy rags. Mm-hmm. You know, it just out of a broken heart, God God can teach us to yearn for the good, but to have the purity of heart that can produce something that's truly good and beautiful is going to take a transformation, and mm-hmm. it's going to take God. Mm-hmm. And so we, without that partnership with God we're never going to produce goodness. So to think that by producing goodness, we can somehow reconcile ourselves with God is to get the cart before the horse. We need to be reconciled to God to create the possibility of actually mm. being beautiful again. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's Moses. Because you know, we, we could talk about transfiguration. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, like, so I'm going deep here right? in my head, but I'm like, ah. But why, let, yeah. let me ask yeah. you, why Elijah? Because he's a li- maybe a little uh, less widely known. Yeah, so. so why so who is he? Why Elijah? So he's the prophet, he's uh, big a, prophet.
2: a big prophet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, who you know warned um Ahaz, no, Ahab,
1: Ahab, yes,
0: and Jezebel, yes, mm-hmm. right? That uh, was th- the famous, he, he overlaps a little bit with the one before and the one after, yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah, but I, Ahab. Is the bad, one that the scripture says bad, there's, bad. there's never been a dude yeah. mm-hmm. as a king as bad mm-hmm. as this dude, yeah, yeah. and his wife, and then his wife, oh, man, <laughs> Jezebel, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty bad too. Yeah, so, so
2: pretty bad. He is the one who you know had the sort of you know when he called all the prophets of Baal, the uh, false worship, yeah, etc., and sort of had that fire and heaven came down and got when yeah. when he worked and all the prophets, yeah. uh, the false prophets. Killed yeah, and
0: whatnot, and and Elijah did some profound miracles. Yeah, and some of them are actually to do with like writing injustices. Some of them are to do with God's <coughs> radical provision, yeah. which is really interesting after what we talked about last week.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But I kind of think of Elijah as like a figurehead of mission mm-hmm. when when push comes to shove. And the kingdom of light needs to push back the kingdom of darkness. Mm. Who's like a figurehead of that at work? Mm -hmm. Ahab's a figurehead of like darkness and evil and corruption. And Elijah's going to withstand him. And God's going to do these amazing things to empower uh, and lead him and guide him through um, being effective and actually creating change in renewal and restoration Mm. and change actually happening. Mm -hmm. And in
1: that, he prefigures Jesus. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's kind of like, it's garden restorationing. Mm-hmm. He's ruling, subduing, bringing order uh, to the world and, and engaging it on the level of like starving widows through to the politics of kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, a very broad scope that he's involved with.
2: And was Elijah the one, you know, with the starving widow? He also went back, she, her son died. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and raised, and he him, raised from him from the dead. Yeah, yeah, and then Elijah was taken up to heaven. You know, not
0: yeah.
1: uh, and so was didn't. Moses.
2: Right?
1: What wasn't he? No. Doesn't no. I? I, I think, We don't know.
0: I think it says where well, he He basically he went up and died well, we alone on the he, mountain. Where? He oh, was. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just remember but there's a mystery around Moses. Yeah, stuff. there is. A, there is a mystery at <laughs> the end. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So, so that's, that's kind of interesting as well because Jesus, you know, what does it take for the effectiveness to actually conquer the kingdom of darkness, for power to actually go out and these things be tackled? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus is going to, at the cross, actually defeat sin, death, like all of these things. Mm-hmm. But then the consequence of them being defeated, being worked out, He's going to distribute to his people by yeah. spirit, so Jesus is again this um this amazing fulfillment of the picture of of a restoration mission that Elijah is, and so I I I, I don't know this is. Like what were they talking about? What did they say? Right? They were just... having
1: a ministry meeting. The greatest oh goodness, ministry meeting yeah. ever. Want to, I want
0: the transcript of I the conversation to <laughs> yes. So much
1: because it, were they encouraging him? Did he need encouragement? Yeah. Was he like talking to them about their experience? Was didn't he already know through his omniscience? Mm. Had he laid that down? Like yeah. I don't know what yeah. was happening, but it was. It's important that this is in here for a reason. Yeah. It's important that. Um, that uh, that also Peter, John, and James saw this Yeah, um, for yeah, what they it needed. Hel- it
0: helps them continue to answer the question, who's Jesus, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. And, re- and that Jesus doesn't just pop up and a new thing starts. Yes. Jesus is the continuation and fulfillment of a story that goes all the way back to Genesis mm-hmm, 1 mm-hmm. and is going to continue all the way forward. But it, but it like we don't know well. It does what a, they said a little but we, bit. We it know what it was about. S-
2: they spoke about his departure. Yes, they, they were talking about the cross. Yeah,
0: you mm-hmm. know this is what's going to happen, which well, was and, this and fulfillment. I wonder, you know what, and what's like going to happen to your disciples? Yeah, what's gonna, yeah. How's it going to go? It's all going to shake yeah. down. Maybe yeah. Moses
1: and Elijah were saying, "Hey Jesus, we we miss you. When are you going to get back up here in heaven?" <laughs> 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 I don't know. Uh, yeah,
0: but it it, it does. Um, I I don't know. There does you, you said that question like, man, did Jesus know, or, or yeah. is actually this is the Father's way of um, making sure, right. like Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you some real specific things. Yeah. Um, we don't know that, but we do know that this is a moment when Jesus starts to talk more and more about. I, I'm going to die. In fact, at the end of yes. the, the chapter, it says, um, you know, he he really like laser locked on, like, I'm going to Jerusalem, so much so that he went into one village and they were like, you jerk, like, you're devaluing us because you're just interested mm. in Jerusalem. But he he he. it was like, now's the time for me to focus on something. Yeah. And um, I don't think that what's going on here is just for the sake of Peter, John, and James. Because I mean, you get Ooh. you get later on in the story, like in the garden, where Jesus is like, "Friends, I actually need you right now. Yeah, couldn't you watch with me? Couldn't you wait? I don't want to do this, but because of my faith and trust in the Father, I'm going to do it. But this yes. is hard for me. So Jesus mm-hmm. experienced that, and so uh, this is another little reminder of, of. I think we can read the Gospels as if Jesus is like Superman. Right. It's like, oh, Superman, you know, undid the pickle jar. Well, of course he did. He's Superman. Like he can do whatever he wants. Like, no, Jesus is finding this difficult mm. and the father is interacting <coughs> with him, finding it difficult. And I think that is just that speaks volumes to me of comforting my difficulty. I I don't need to feel ashamed. I don't need to feel like well, weak in a bad way, you know, I, I can lay down my pride and acknowledge those things before the Father as not being failures as a human, but being part of being a human. Mm. That Jesus could Jesus experience those things, walked with them, and redeemed them. That he is a great high priest who experienced those things and can relate to me. And that the Father's heart is to actually not be like, what are you being weak for? Yeah, because this is our culture voice, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Pull yourself up, you know. Just pull yourself together mm-hmm. and move yeah, forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. just just suppress suppress your emotions, suppress your anxieties, and just keep moving forward. Like no, the father interacts with them. So so there's something really beautifully human about Jesus at the point when he's his divinity is even moving into the foreground. Mm-hmm. And so it's a super interesting scene to me.
2: By, by that you mean because we see his glory here, and so that's mm. his divinity moving
0: into the yeah. foreground. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: No, that's super interesting.
0: And, and should we talk a bit about <coughs> like what Peter, James, and John do? Yeah, aren't they? Right? So Peter, he he says... Master, it's so good to be uh, I'm gonna like yeah, do the interpret voice. with a tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs> Master, it's so good to be here. We should make tents, one for you, one for Moses and Elijah. And but it says like not knowing what he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he thought the purpose of this was like, this is a we should stay here. Let's hang this out is for a a long like time. I wanna stay here. Yeah. yeah. Which would you say the same? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I would say the same yes. thing. <laughs> But it just showed they didn't understand the purpose of this moment. Mm-hmm. The purpose of this moment was to send Jesus, not to not a way of escape for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's, man, when we get anxieties, find things difficult, does that, like, part of our brain that does escapism of mm-hmm. some kind, like what's mm-hmm. the way out, clock over, right?
1: Yeah, when God provides rest and provision and encouragement, it's for a purpose of sending, not a pur- purpose of retreating.
0: Yeah. Oh, I don't need to be that cross-shaped. No, I'm giving you this to enable the next step of cross-shapeness. Mm-hmm. Like, so the cruciformity is still the thing. Yeah, so so that's kind of interesting. And we're, and we're going to see, actually, in this chapter, um, a catalog of Jesus really pursuing cruciformity. And the disciples um putting their foots in their mouths <laughs> in various mm. ways. Yes. So Peter does it here. Mm-hmm. Peter, man, his personality, he was like the first one to speak in a room kind yes. of personality. So Loudest voice. the poor guy The well, think impulsive. his I think his. voice was a little
2: feet. Yeah, all the time he's
0: often the one with his yeah. foot in his mouth but he's also then in Acts often the one with yeah. amazing faith as well but mm-hmm. um yeah poor Peter so he's got his foot in his mouth here it's really interesting but in the midst and again this is like did then Jesus tell him off did he chastise him did he make him feel small and stupid no the father like corrected in actually like a profoundly beautiful affirmation of just revealing what was right And so a a cloud came over, overshadowed them all and they were afraid as they entered the cloud and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. Mm. So, I mean, there's a lot going on there because on one hand, the way the father interacts with the scene of actually correcting Peter is, is great but then what the father is affirming here is so important. Yeah this is such a major affirmation yeah. of answering the question who's jesus yeah right he's he's my son like he's he's actually mine yeah like the divinity the trinitarian closeness the family resemblance the the messiahship of jesus and he's my my chosen one which gets at that Like this is this is, you know, all those promises of like everything that was someone is going to innate like all of the things we keep bumping into as God is interacting with humanity and saying like the path forward is restoration, the path forward is reconciliation, the path forward is renewal. All the things we keep bumping into the key that's going to unlock them. that I keep promising is a chosen one. Jesus is the one. He's the one. Mm. This is like the mate. uh, I can say the matrix. And now <laughs> I was like, that's so old now. I bet there's yeah. loads of people who haven't seen the <laughs> Matrix. But like, no, you're the chosen people... one. Like, yeah. and all of a sudden in the Matrix, Neo's the chosen one. All the characters realize like, oh, everything's going to revolve around you. Yeah. So the centrality of Jesus.
1: And it's, you know, echoes obviously Jesus's baptism. And yeah. when um, God said a similar thing and just the point in time where he does it again, who's the audience and what's the point in time. So the audience is the disciples. Um, the point in time is his journey, starting his journey to the cross. Yeah. Um, so it's a...
2: Yeah, in both times there's this commissioning, commissioning yes, of his ministry as he go and he steps off into the desert. Yeah. You know, And then commissioning here as he's stepping forward to what, ultimately you'll be another temptation on the cross yeah
0: right um so it's it's that stepping forward yeah and if jesus is that one if he's the chosen one if he's god's son what's the right response listen pay attention to listen <laughs> yeah. to him so and that is i don't know that's
1: the that's new from the last time yeah yes. he's god's added this piece
0: yeah yeah um,
1: you play a part. You must listen. It's yeah. important,
0: and, and it's an interesting. Um, my Greek's not good enough. Uh, I was trying to look at like what the tense. I have to look that mm-hmm. up uh, of listen here is, but because if it's ongoing, it's not just listen to him on the mountain now. Yeah, it's keep listening to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's because I, I think we could. To, to make it tangible to us, the way to respond if this is who Jesus is would be like, oh, read the gospels. But it's it's also does Jesus have something to say about your Monday morning mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, because Jesus being the linchpin, the fulcrum of everything happening, continues to be our reality. And so it it should be a sort of in the eye of the storm of whatever we're wondering about, whatever we're doing, whatever we're engaging with, you know, like Jesus should be there. And Jesus has something to say.
1: And he does. And the, I love how God says, when he says, listen, he's, God's directing them to listen instead of the action of building the tent. So Peter wanted to build the tent. God yeah. comes down and says, instead of building you listen. And so replaces that, um, that impulse to do something with with following Jesus instead. And I think for just applying that, is our priority to listen? What's our priority here as we live a Christian life? Is our priority to go and do without thinking, like Peter? He didn't know what he was saying.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Or is our priority to first listen to God? Yeah. Listen to Jesus.
0: I'm, I'm just looking up the tense of the verb because I'm having a nerd moment and I want yeah. to know. <laughs> Luke nine 35. We're all waiting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's present active imperative. So... It, it, okay, is. it is as you like, had thought. Yeah, listen to him now, yeah. but but the, I think the the ramifications of the reality. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Should we? Uh, that was half an hour on the yeah. first. transfiguration. The text, oh boy. But, so. So good. Yeah. Let's let's now look at like the rest of what's going on and what we're reading this week. So they come down from the mountain. They didn't tell anyone. They kind of kept this private for a while, which is another interesting, like Jesus is, again, strategic with which bits of revelation are being mm-hmm, let out of the mm-hmm. bag to who at which time. And on the next day, they come down from the mountain, there's a big crowd, and um, someone needs healing um, uh, from a, a spirit. And Jesus, is, he's already, in the last bit we read, empowered the disciples, right? To do this. To do this. And he says, "I begged your disciples, but they couldn't do it." So there's a failure, either in the disciples, or in the person asking for the healing, right? Okay. And Jesus says, "Oh, you faithless and twisted generation!" So there's a problem with faith, right? So faith has gone wrong. And it, it's kind of interesting here because you look through the rest of the New Testament, like, well, who needs the faith? Like the disciple asking like, mm, or mm. the person requesting. Uh, we have some examples in Scripture where it's both have faith. We have some examples when the requester has faith. We have some examples when the recipient has faith. So it can work in different ways, yeah. right? But there's a problem. So we don't know exactly, but there's a problem with faith. And I think it has something to do, actually, with both,
2: with mm-hmm. both the disciples who have both been the disciples and the people asking, and the people because
0: asking. the disciple <coughs> a picture starts to build here, mm. uh, Jesus with this profound like I'm, I'm going to go lose my life, mm-hmm. you know, c- I'm I'm going to walk yeah. this amazing path, and the disciples being called to the same, mm-hmm. but then. Uh we've we've already had Peter doing a bit of a you know, up yeah, on the mountain. Yeah, but so I think Luke's trying to put together here a picture of like um but, but the disciples aren't there yet. Nice. And um I I do think it's sort of imagine if the gospel finished here. Hmm. Right? You would be like, oh yeah, the Gospel of Luke tells this story of this uh, like radical rabbi Jesus, son of God, and he tried to raise up some disciples to like be just like him, but they couldn't.
1: Yeah. The end. So, um, and actually, <laughs> I think that's
0: the tension Luke's yeah. drawing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the story yeah. doesn't end there. Right, right. The things that get in the way, God is actually going to deal with, and we g- we do get to the Book of mm-hmm. Acts and radical Jesus shaped. people things yeah people uh in in the lives of these disciples and so so that's really interesting um but we're also seeing a picture of people not accepting jesus like in the crowds in the villages as well so i I think it's to do with both um but but jesus did it he just went ahead and just got the job done he he got the demon out and everyone was astonished which kind of reminds me of like the beginning of the gospel when like people didn't know squat about Jesus, but he's doing stuff and they're like, whoa, what does that mean? And so it's really interesting how a moment where the, like faith isn't working and so it, it's not enabling God to move, doesn't turn into, well, you're on your own then, but goes back to like, okay, let's go back to stage one, watch what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Be affected by the word, be astonished by what I'm doing. That's gonna start to alter your worldview, your paradigm of what's possible, what you can expect uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna make space for faith again. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little like life cycle of faith in there,
1: and you know, I just want to like stop because as a, when I've studied this passage before, yeah. and um I've kind of struggled th- with the tone of verse forty one that like I've read into it it's like this frustration
0: that yeah, Jesus like, has like like it's angry or and something and like
1: this time as i'm looking at it like i don't think he's frustrated i think he's just defining the state that they're in
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's just like observing it you know and i wonder um i wonder what the original um, text kind of says in this tone yeah.
0: um yeah where the, the culture of these words yes. might land differently in english yes. than in greek yeah yes. or aramaic yeah
1: because I, I think he, because his action of going ahead and healing um, actually shows his patience and just like, yeah. again, like nurturing them yeah. along. I think um, there's
0: a like, there's a bring your son here and I'm going to do it mm-hmm. where the primary purpose of me doing this is to prove I'm right and prove you're wrong and make you feel bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Like theologically, we might be suspicious about Jesus yeah, having that attitude yeah. um, for good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus's heart has consistently not been like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so so it's interesting Luke puts together a, a few um, little scenes, okay? So we've had we've had this amazing transfiguration and then like a, a faith failure, but then Jesus is still able and while they're marveling. So while everyone's like, "Wow, what's Jesus about?" while the question about Jesus is purpose and what he's about is in the foreground again. Jesus turns to his disciples. I'm going to get delivered and murdered. I'm going to get delivered to some people and they're going to kill me. So it's, you can almost sense Jesus, like the disciples, there's a risk of them starting to misunderstand the journey they're on. And Jesus is protecting them from that by reminding, like, guys, this is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. And so he's, I I think, trying to protect them, but they didn't understand it. It was, it was actually, and they were afraid to ask him about it. And this is, oh my goodness, we we may run over like time here if we get into this. But this is so interesting. Well, it says
2: also that it was hidden.
1: It was hidden. Not they decided to not listen. Yeah, it it was hidden. Unpack
0: that. There's 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 an activeness. In them yeah. not getting this, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's almost like God wants to take the ingredients of them realizing what's going on are being given to them, but the realization of what it means is not something they're supposed to have yet. Okay, that that's actually going to come later, and there's something about their journey of faith, their journey of understanding Jesus and relating to the cross, where, um, yeah, they. The the path is going to be, we like the linear. I want to know everything to expect. Right? Yeah, yeah, and actually, okay. that's not the path that's planned for mm, them. Mm. So there's a lot to think about there. Yeah. but it does show like sometimes our paradigm of I want to be, I want to know what to expect, and then I can step into it, and then it'll work out the way I expect, and that's how things are supposed to be. Ah, uh, no, apparently not.
1: Yeah, the idea of controlling.
0: Yeah, the control again. And the fact that they were afraid to ask, I think it just shows, like, you're going to die? No, that, like, I don't want to ask you about that. Yeah, that's kind of like, um, you know, if you had a really good friend and they started to talk about all their doctor's appointments, but they hadn't told you that they actually had cancer, and you might be afraid to ask, like, I don't want to hear the bad news Mm. or something, you know, just... So there's enough in here where the disciples understand that this is something that sounds a threat to their expectation, but
1: what? they couldn't they couldn't grasp it. They they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask. To to me says God has something to do with um, keeping this conversation from happening right then.
0: Yeah, this isn't the time.
1: This isn't the time, and like he's using their fear. Did he put the fear in them? In there, well, fear is not from God. So mm-hmm. but he's using it um for his purpose right now. Yeah. Which is kind of mind blowing.
0: Yeah. And and maybe it wouldn't have been possible for them to be around Jesus learning the things from Jesus' journey to the cross they needed to learn if they'd have thought they understood why everything was happening.
1: Yeah. What were you going to say, Steve?
2: Well, and so then it just it's interesting because they don't want to ask this question. So instead, they argue about, hey, who's the greatest?
0: <laughs> well, so that's the, the next great? bit, uh-huh. right? The next what? Yeah, the a, next scene. Wait a second. That oh, was so goodness. important.
2: Yeah. And now they're focusing on
0: this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is another, like, interesting. Jesus is like, lose your life. and And they're arguing who's the greatest. It's like, wanting to be the greatest is the opposite of losing your life. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So so we get a scene of faith and and I the beautiful way that Jesus actually then takes a child and says here is something like a, a beautiful attitude yes. that actually is going to reveal to you something that you've lost um but this child has but is is actually um what it looks like to actually be great. Um and the way he interacts with that child, the way he interacts with the least valuable, um, yeah.
1: turning the talking that kingdom language again, that upside down. For he who is least among you, he is the greatest. Um, it says, and um, and he, all the while teaching them of really how they are to um, view their place in God's kingdom, um, when when they humble themselves, they can be great, um, preparing them for ministry, preparing them for what they're to witness of Jesus on the cross. Yeah. Is it a time of mourning or a time of rejoicing? Well, actually both. Yeah. But, but in the way that um, they know that they're living a victorious life in him, um, to die is to gain. You know, to deny and yourself is i think, is like to God, follow him.
0: God's method is so often to empower and use the things which are weak in the world, which don't look wise. And Paul says as much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you think greatness is spotting the type A-driven successful people and surrounding yourself with them, you're going to have a really hard time seeing God actually do the thing he wants to do. Yeah, because the people you might want to surround yourself with is actually different. Yeah, like David's mighty men, like all the people who came to David to surround him to help establish the kingdom, exactly. Disease, the sick, the in debt, the mm-hmm. outcast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they they they've got a confusion, <laughs> and, and then I think the confusion continues because they're like, hey, Jesus, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, but he's not like part of our posse. So should we like go deal with him? And Jesus was like, no, he's he's not against us. He's for us. Mm-hmm. So there's almost like an it's like the greatness thing, take two of like ex- exclusivity. But we're the special ones.
1: Yeah, like who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Yes. And it go, it bleeds on to this next scene um, also, <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, it doesn't get better. It gets worse.
1: <laughs> it does.
0: Yeah, so the the exclusivity, how like how should we be treated? How should you be treated? They go to a village in Samaria um, and the people didn't receive Jesus because it was clear he wanted to go to Jerusalem. James and John saw the way that they all got treated and said, Lord, shall we call down fire from heaven to consume them?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, what a statement.
0: Like, do you need us to do this for you, Lord? Because yeah. like, we will. <laughs> you yeah. know just the audacity <laughs> yeah the audacity and like is is that really the solution yeah like is that how we're going to treat people um and jesus then he actually he had to turn and rebuke them yes like no that's like that's a well, bad attitude guys you're on they're on the naughty step like you need to have a good hard think about your attitude <laughs>
1: Yes, clearly Jesus n- knew he his work was not finished with the disciples yes. at this point. The cross had yeah. to wait, and it was that's why yeah. it wasn't the time. There's yeah. more to be done, yeah.
0: and we're here. going to talk about that on Sunday. Yeah, like that. Like what? What's the kind of question that arises from all of these things put yes. together? Okay, but then I think some of the answers come in the the end of the chapter. We we should spend a bit of time okay, talking great. through this because the I think these are words to linger in. Um. So, someone then, as they're traveling along, says, I'll follow you wherever you go. Which is not just, hey, whichever town you go to, I'll go there. But it's actually a statement of, I want to be your disciple. I want you to be my rabbi. Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. You know, it's that I, I really want to align with Jesus. And so th- they've caught something. Mm-hmm. They're enamored mm-hmm. with Jesus. They want to follow Jesus, which is really good. Um, they want to listen to him. They want to do the thing the Father said in the cloud at the transfiguration. Mm-hmm. And then we've just seen a whole bunch of um, missteps in listening and following. And so it's, cl- it's like, okay, so clearly this is not a simple thing. And then it's really uh, sort of interesting that Jesus' response to this person is not like, awesome, another follower, that's amazing. Great, let's go, okay. Like, you want to join the church? Fantastic. (laughs) But it's actually to throw out some warnings about the tensions that might inhibit following Jesus. And, And this says in the margin, like, the cost of following Jesus, like, oh, you should count the cost. Counting the cost is something Jesus says somewhere else. That is a thing. Mm-hmm. But I think this is more pointing at like, this is the thing that might disrupt you following me. Yes, And so I want you to be on guard. And I want you to, it's not so much count the cost of it. And if you've counted the cost, good, dive in. That That is a thing, but it's not just that. Mm-hmm. It's to continue to be aware of the fact that some of these things maybe tensions we'll have to deal with. Because if we, if we, if our cares are about some of these other things, it might inhibit following Jesus. And there's basically there's, there's three little pictures he lays out, right? So the first yeah. one is foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So it's to do with home, it's to do with nesting, mm-hmm. it's to do with home comfort and like s- feeling secure in a, in a place.
1: That Bringing up that question, do you find your security in me or do you find it in your dwelling place?
0: Yeah. And Jesus was able to radically step onto his mission in a way that he had a home and he had a family, mm-hmm. but those things never got in the – they didn't stop him being able to do the mission. He still yeah. still had those things. Yeah, But I, I think of – I mean – Everyone, I think, wrestles with times when it's like, yeah, but um, I need that that way. I need my home to be like this. I can't give that way. I can't go there. I can't do that because I need this.
1: First, I'm going to do this, and then I can invest time with
0: Jesus. And Jesus is, again, this is similar to like last week when we talked about them being sent out. Jesus is not saying you can't have a place to live. Right. But... If your concern for what your nest should be like and feel like is your top priority, it's going to get in the way of following me. And yeah. Jesus is the radical kind of, I got nowhere, and I'm okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So he's
0: showing what's possible. Yes. Right. Good. Yeah. All right, and then there, there's a yeah you know, sort of a, the next picture. Um, someone's invited to follow. But their response is, let me first go bury my father. So we should unpack that. Yeah, culturally. what yeah, what <laughs> does is this he, mean? Is it's, he saying mm-hmm. can I go to my fun- like my dad's funeral before? Right, because I off. love
1: him and I want to say goodbye yes. and family's important. Yeah. Is he saying that? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> what That's does he not say? what's happening. <laughs> no.
0: So yeah, cu- culturally, when a father died, the inheritance, which didn't just mean the money, but mm-hmm. being like the person who um, was like the head of the estate passed to the son. Mm-hmm. So what this person's saying is not, um, can I go to the funeral, but can I go home until my father's died? And then, you know, I won't be basically an employee of my family's estate, but I'll be in charge. So I'll have the security and the freedom to then, it'll be easier to do, like to follow you. So So let me go like, Deal with all the practical things so I'm set up to be able to come follow you. Yeah, me.
1: let me get all my finances in order. Let me organize it all, figure yeah. out where the money's, you know, what we're doing with the money. And then, then I'll be freed up to follow you, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's some real practical application to that in today.
0: So practical. And because our culture says, like, hey, if you want to do something well, make sure you've got everything you need to do it.
1: Or I even think, like, I mean, really, really practically, like, because I think of a time when I wasn't a believer. I was afraid to go to church. Um, The way I was raised, uh, I really felt like, and my parents, you know, didn't were not Christians, and I think you know they thought that a lot of going to church was like donating money there. And mm-hmm. if you don't have money to give, don't go to church, yeah. you know. And so, um, gosh, what a backwards way of thinking. Now that I know Jesus, but it's not about having money to give, and th- then Jesus and church people will accept you.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, finances shouldn't come before Jesus.
0: No, and the interest because it's not that even that way of thinking of like. Counting the financial cost of things isn't mm-hmm. white. Like Jesus mm-hmm. in another place tells the parable, like he says, which of you is gonna build a tower and not figure out whether you've got enough money to complete it? Yeah. Like there's wisdom yeah. in that. There is wisdom. But the way sure. this person is relating to the issue of their resources is they're saying, When it's comfortable, mm-hmm. I'll follow you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's actually stopping them responding to Jesus' call to follow.
1: They're just dis- trying they're deciding they're not ready yet.
0: Yeah. And Jesus doesn't say to us, come follow me and do this unless it's something that we can, like, he's not trying to frustrate us.
1: He doesn't ask us to do something that he hasn't already equipped us to do. Right. Even though we don't think we're equipped, we absolutely
0: are. Yeah. And then the response Jesus gives, so we've kind of talked about the practicalities of it, but the response response is, let the dead bury their dead, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting because it kind of says, hey, the kind of person that can't follow me because they care about those things, that's a dead person, and what not, it, what not it, an alive person. Yeah,
1: dead to what? D- what do you dead mean to by the dead? Rea-
0: dead to the kingdom, mm-hmm. dead to those these realities. That like, sounds I, so harsh. I, I, and again, because it's that picture of the thriving life. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. thriving life is the, the one that is being lost, not mm-hmm. the one that's being gained. Mm-hmm. So if you think that's what thriving is, yeah, you're actually losing your life. Yeah. So... It, it really
1: That is That is a difficult images. thing yeah. to hear. Yeah,
0: stark images Jesus is throwing out. And then the last image, um, I'll follow you, Lord, but let me first go say farewell to everyone at my house. Okay. And then uh, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So this is like mega. I can remember as like a newer Christian reading this and Mm -hmm. and it being not even fit for the kingdom of God really standing out to me. Because it's not just like, oh, you know, if you put your hand, because the the image here of farming, if you're plowing, you need to look to the opposite, uh, pick a point on the other side of the field and walk towards it. You want straight furrows, evenly spaced. Uh If you're going to maximize your yield, have room for the crops to grow well and be healthy, all of that sort of stuff. Okay. When you look, I mean, just try and drive forward looking over your shoulder.
1: Doesn't really you work You will well. crash. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, and he's saying, like, you, you will get off course if you look back. But it's not that if you look back, you won't be quite as good in the kingdom of God. If you look back, like, man, being in the kingdom of God, you, you might miss out on a couple of things. Now, if you're looking back, you're not even fit for the kingdom of God. And I was like, oh. This is heavy, but I think it is a section here of scripture, like the way Jesus is teaching, is trying to put stark things in front of us. So it doesn't mean if we've looked back, we're out, we're disqualified. Yeah, this isn't an we're not absolute a anymore, thing, right?
1: Right. It's just where this passage no. is at.
0: But it's saying like f- the, uh, the fitness for the kingdom of God. It it really does require looking forward. Now again, like, does this mean like you should disown your family? No, Jesus, like he at the cross said to John, like, I need you to take care of my mother. Jesus, like he knew his family. He connected with his family. He related to his family. But his family didn't inhibit the can can I follow the father's will? And actually, interestingly, there's a few times when the brothers of Jesus come and they're like, hey, dude, what are you doing? He's like, no, I need to be about this. Yes, he knew his priorities.
1: It's more about the distractions and how we can recognize distraction yeah. in our life from causing us to just step off the path of following yeah. Jesus in a way that's um, so damaging to yeah. us. Yeah,
0: and I and I think about then like what's the right response because um, you know I'll follow you, Lord. Let me, but it, you know, and Jesus is like, "Hey, follow me," and I'm like. Um th- this person is let me first do this. So it's basically no until this is done. Mm-hmm. Like the the I think the the right family included response is like, yes, Lord. How will I stay connected to my family? Like what it's will my yes family and think and of this? Rather
1: than a yes but. Yeah.
0: Or a no but. Or a no yeah, but or whatever and it it's, is. Is yeah. it
1: conditional or is it you know, based on your needs or yeah. based on his ask.
0: And I think that is real for so many people. Yeah. Like families be crazy. Mm-hmm. Some of the people who should support you the most, because they love you and are so invested, mm-hmm. when you want to do radical, die to self, cruciform things, mm-hmm. find it really hard. Because often Jesus has spoken to you, but not to but them. Not sometimes them. he has, mm-hmm. but, but sometimes not to them yet. And so that's totally understandable. And it can be really hard for like a husband to go to a wife or a, a middle schooler to go to their parent or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. and say, I'm following Jesus this way. Jesus is calling me to follow him this way.
1: Yeah. Which is why a community of believers around you is so important, whether it's within your family or, you know, definitely within inside your church to be able to be praying for you when you're feeling called to do this thing, to follow Jesus, to determine, like, is this truly God calling you mm-hmm. or is this just like the next opportunity? If it seems radical, that could be from God, but it also may not be. So how to discern that takes a lot of care yeah, and consideration and prayer and, and wisdom some, of yeah. others as and Sometimes well.
0: you're surprised by actually the response you get relationally. Mm-hmm. yes. Like, um, but it's that thing of priorities, like a relationship with Jesus has to come before all the others. And when that does, yeah. there's going to be stuff to work through, mm-hmm. but that is going to help those other relationships. Yes. But this person thought it would hinder, and so it became a reason not to right then respond to the actual discipleship call of Jesus. Yeah. And and Jesus is saying, no, that's it's going to get in the way of your discipleship. Which then the picture of like this chapter is, yeah. You you might instead of being like me, you might end up arguing about how great you are or whatever the image is from here. Right? You're like, it's gonna go wrong.
1: It's gonna go wrong. Yeah. Fix your eyes on me. Yeah. Follow me wholeheartedly without distraction.
0: So the actual, like the actual lesson, the tangible if you want to like, what do I write in my fridge to remember from this? Yes. In just studying this Mm -hmm. is is really easy. It's just like Jesus is first, follow Jesus, stay close to Jesus. You know, it's it's real simple things. That's the right Actually doing that stuff, though, is complicated, which is why Jesus is having these conversations. He's calling out. He's trying to show us the things that are in the way and deal with them and speak to them, which is also amazing.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Next week into chapter 10. So again, the encouragement is like uh, maybe God spoke in the midst of this conversation or something that's for you, but um, even if he did, go read, spend time reading and being in God's word here, and maybe there's going to be like more pieces of the jigsaw God has for you in the conversation he's having with you this week. And so, yeah do the reading enjoy dive in
1: dive in and share with others share with your community and just yes. put god puts in your path and reflect and and meditate
0: on these passages they're so so good so good all right we'll see you next time god bless Bye.